A5 Oaks family and friends who are joining us for worship. Uh, I want to say a couple of things before we jump into the sermon and the prayers and the scripture reading. Uh, a couple of things. One is I forgot my selfie stick, so I'm going to be a little bit closer to the screen than I prefer. Uh, so I apologize ahead of time, but I am going to be preaching at various locations and I really didn't have time to go all the way home to get it. Uh, the second thing is that starting that tomorrow you are all going to receive in your if you're you know get emails from Five Oaks and in your inbox you're going to receive uh, a document from our governing board uh, that uh, talks about what our current thinking is about uh, resuming in-person services at, at Five Oaks, and so. Um, I want to encourage you to read that. I want you to understand a couple of things. We are really looking for feedback on this. This is going to be, when we say current thinking, and when I say current thinking, I mean current thinking. You know this this is a moving target, and information is constantly changing. So uh, we're, 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 we'll be revising this. We're going to, as a board, we're going to look at it again and review it all in a month from now at our next meeting. Uh, but uh, I do want you to read it. I want you to send some feedback. There'll be an email address in there uh, telling you where, where to send it. And I want you to be in prayer. I want you to be in prayer specifically in three different ways. I, I pray, I want you to pray for wisdom uh, for Five Oaks leadership. I want you to pray for humility uh, amongst all of us as we navigate uh, this, this unprecedented situation for all of us. And I want you to pray for unity uh, in the church, and not just in our church, but you just see what's happening right now with uh, these questions about resuming in-person services. Just pray for unity. I'm not talking about uniformity, but I am talking about uh, unity, especially unity in, in Christ. So be praying for all those things. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll continue here in just a moment. standing here in the Five Oaks parking lot uh, because uh, today's sermon is how to pray for a good parking space and other small stuff. And you may say, why would you ask such a trivial question and make that the subject of a sermon, a serious series, on preaching? Well, the reality is that more ink has been spilled on this question uh, since the Reformation than any other question. I actually just made that up. Uh, but in recent literature, that question does come up. Recent literature on prayer, that question really does come up frequently. And the reason it comes up is because it, uh, or the question of should you be praying, you know, for a parking space. The reason it comes up is because it's symbolic of praying for little things, small things, not the really, really important things. And should we be praying about those, those things? Well, I've kind of given away... Uh, my final position on that, which is I believe, yeah, we ought to be praying for parking spaces. Sometimes. We're in week three of our prayer training for the rest of us series based on the Lord's Prayer. And we're running parallel to what our small groups are studying, the prayer course that's online. I'm not quite sure why they jumped to give us today our daily bread, but and then they're going to go back to uh, next week, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we're going to go with it. So let's pray. And then we'll hear the scripture being read by some of our 6K for water participants from last week. Today's prayer of illumination is based on 
Jeremiah 29. So please join me in prayer and pray the underlined portions. Heavenly Father, you are the creator and sustainer of all things. You have a plan and you hold the future. By your Holy Spirit, reveal your truth as we look to your word, remind us of the hope we have in you. Give us faith to trust the work of your hands as we follow wherever you lead. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We're gonna use this parking lot analogy uh, for two weeks, this week and next week. And we're gonna do so because I think the parking lot analogy is a great portal into exploring praying not only for the small stuff but also praying for the big stuff but i also believe that uh that in order to be praying for the small stuff like parking spaces and i think you should really some conditions need to be met in order to make that prayer legit i don't think you believe that all prayers for parking spaces are legitimate for for example let's say you're going for a parking space and you start praying for a parking space but you know that there is uh, somebody that's like 40 or 50 years older than you who is also trying to get that same parking space and you're asking God to help you beat them to that spot I don't think that's legitimate I don't think you think so either if that morning you had prayed father give me the time the energy the discipline to exercise more and then you went to a parking lot and you asked to get a parking spot that would make you walk less, I don't think that is a legitimate prayer. And if all you ever pray for are small stuff like parking spots and you never pray about the big stuff, I don't think it's a legitimate prayer. But I believe in praying for the small stuff. And the reason I believe in praying for the small stuff is because of what Jesus says about praying for daily bread. But you can't help but notice that in the Lord's Prayer, the small stuff follows the big stuff. We pray for his name to be hallowed. We pray for his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are requests. The whole, the whole prayer is a series of requests, but the small stuff follows on the heels of the big stuff. So what are the conditions for praying for daily bread, parking spaces, and other stuff that you can do for yourself? Six conditions. We're going to look at six conditions for praying for the small stuff. And the first one is humility before God. Here's what I want to ask someone who thinks you shouldn't bother God with small stuff like parking spaces. I want to ask them, is there really anything that's big for God? Is there any big stuff 
that you could ask God? God is big enough to care about your smallest needs. To listen to what some people say, you might think God is incapable of juggling the big stuff and the small stuff at the same time. Don't shrink God down to your size. Bringing the small stuff to God while humbly realizing He is God and He is capable to handle it, that brings honor to Him. I don't want to belabor this point, but if it feels to you like praying for a parking space or other small stuff is beneath God or beneath prayer or beneath you in some way, then certainly it must bother you a little bit what it is that Jesus actually instructs us to pray. Because this is basically it. It's Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And by the way, what's for supper? That's what the that's what he's telling us to pray for. That's how he's telling us to pray. Uh, years ago, I took Lois into an emergency room for something minor. It was probably some stitches or something that she had to get. And when I came home, Henry Michael was there. He knew what I had taken her in for. And with concern on his voice and on his face, and I think in his heart, he, he's, his opening words were, how's mom doing? But without skipping a beat, he then asked, and what's for supper? And then he realized what he had just done. And he goes, oh, that's, that's an awful question to be asking right at a time like this. That's how we often feel when we pray for the small stuff. We think, oh, there's so many bigger things that we ought to be concerned about, so many bigger issues that should be on our heart. Why are we even asking for this very simple, small thing? But Jesus says, I want you to bring everything to the Father, even the small stuff. The first condition necessary for praying for small things is humility before God. God is big enough to care about our smallest needs. The second is intimacy with God. One of the greatest books I've ever read on prayer, and it happens to be also one of the greatest books I've ever read on parenting, is Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life. In the chapter he calls How Personal Is God, he tells a story about reading a book on prayer where the author said praying for things like parking spots is trivial and selfish. And as soon as he read it, he thought, I gotta pass this by my mom who regularly prays for parking spots. And when he shared it with her, she kind of cocked her head and looked incredulous and say, said, how else do you find parking spots? Well, in case you think his mom is maybe a little trivial or selfish, he goes on to tell a little bit more of her story. He said that uh, recently, at the time of his writing, he had, his, her, his mom had found a letter that she had written back in 1979 when uh, she and Paul Miller's dad were living in Uganda. It was shortly after Idi Amin had um, had left the country or been killed, I can't remember, or executed or imprisoned. I can't remember what it was. But the country was uh, anything but back to normal. And uh, she was living in the eighth floor of a rundown uh, apartment uh, building or a rundown hotel, actually. And she was looking for opportunities to share the gospel, both she and her husband. That's what they were there for. And people were having trouble having uh, the trash picked up by the trash people. So they went and found a, a truck and then they went around collecting people. She and some other Ugandan and some Ugandans went around uh, picking up trash from people and sharing the gospel as they were picking up their trash, just trying to help them out. And so here's what the, here's what the letter says. 
Words simply fail to express the almost total chaos of a country after eight years of brutal civil war. When we use the bathroom, if we're fortunate, the toilet will flush. If not, you get the fire hose at the end of the hall. If you're too late, then you find others have used it before you. So you learn to pray for water. If it comes on in the middle of the night, you fill the tub so that you can wash in the morning. You pass a building bombed out. You pass through the dirty streets, praying as you go that no one will take your wallet. You meet some Asians in the hotel. They're very interested in your weaving project. So they ask, we will help with the, with the material, but we don't have transportation. So again, you pray. The temptation is to be aware of self and, to, and its utter limitations is strong. Let me read that again. The temptation to be aware of self and its utter limitations is strong. There are times when I pray, Lord, I can't go through this day. She didn't pray for parking spaces because she was a trivial and selfish person. She prayed for parking spaces because she had that kind of relationship with God where she prayed all day long and she prayed about everything. I want to be a person who prays for parking spaces because I have that kind of relationship with God where I bring everything to him. So we're talking about six conditions for praying for small stuff. The first one is humility before God. The second one is intimacy with God. And the third condition really to make a prayer for small stuff legit. And it's the last one that we're going to be looking at. The third one is partnership with God. Let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount for a moment. In the sermon, Jesus trains his disciples to pray for the big stuff. I don't think it's coincidental that the big stuff comes first. This then is how you should pray, Jesus says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then at the end of the chapter in verse 33, Jesus says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The all these things are things like food and shelter and clothing, things like daily bread. So where should the focus be? The focus, Jesus says, should be on God's kingdom and on his righteousness. It should be on his purposes. And amazingly, Jesus calls us to participate with God's kingdom work by prioritizing in our lives and in our prayers, his kingdom, his will, his purposes. We are junior partners in God's kingdom work. That means I don't just want to be a person who brings everything that matters to me to God in prayer. I want to be a person who brings everything that matters to God to him in prayer. Praying about parking spaces is trivial and vain if God and his purposes don't permeate our prayers. We are junior partners in God's kingdom work. That means we pray about his kingdom and we do the work of his kingdom. Jesus cares about our food, shelter, clothing, and sometimes parking spaces, but he wants us to prioritize his kingdom. Well, I wanna feature uh, a new prayer tool for the tool shed uh, this week. And if you haven't seen the prayer tools, they're on the sermon application guide. You can download the sermon application guide every week. 
if you go to fiveoaks.church and go to the sermons page and go to where this sermon is, underneath you can, you can download the sermon application guide. And in there, there have been some prayer tools and links uh, for getting those. But I want to highlight one in particular this week. The tool I'm talking about is called How to Pray More Deeply Using Prayer Cards. Prayer cards are an alternative to the traditional prayer list. You may have kept a prayer list at one time. You maybe keep one right now. But these prayer cards, this, this idea, this way of doing it has been popularized by Paul Miller in his book on prayer. The advantage is that over time, the advantage of prayer cards is that over time you can see how God is at work in the people and in the concerns that you pray for. You have a running record of the story that God is weaving in their lives. The basic idea is that you have an index card for uh, people that you pray for or for topics that you pray about. Uh, I also have prayer cards with scripture on them. Uh, things that I want to pray every day, scripture that I want to pray every day, like the Shema from Deuteronomy. You know, prayer prayed daily by Jesus and by all devout Jews, even to this day. So the ba basic idea is that you have a card and a name at the top or a topic at the top. Under that, you put some scripture that you want to pray for that person or regarding that topic, although that's optional. Then you put your requests. As requests are answered, you mark through the requests. Over time, you add new ones. You have a running record. And when it comes to praying for key people in your life, your, prayer be, your prayers begin to grow deeper. Uh, you can download uh, that tool and a lot of other ones uh, at our website or at the website that's linked in the sermon application guide. There's also apps for this. Uh, for example, I use a prayer app called PrayerMate. It's free. I absolutely love it. It's, it's a prayer card app, basically. Uh, Paul Miller's ministry has also developed one, and it's inexpensive, and you could get that one as well. I had originally planned to, uh, to do this sermon from our own parking lot, uh, and then got the idea to go to these other churches, because I thought it would be a great visual reminder for us that we are not in this partnership alone, that God's kingdom is bigger than Five Oaks Church, and that we need to be praying uh, for other local churches. We're all in partnership together in doing God's kingdom work. Wherever a church is based on the gospel, preaching the word of God, and seeking to live out that gospel and disciple people. Um, it was great being in the different parking lots. I only got kicked out of two. I'm just kidding, that, that, that didn't happen. But we're gonna take a few moments right now, if you would, uh, just to pray for, for another church in your community. You might think of a friend, you know, a church that a friend goes to, or a church that you pass by on a regular basis uh, that is not Five Oaks. And just take a few moments uh, to pray for them, uh, and then we'll, we'll go on with our sermon.
back together again, being able to worship uh, together in person, and celebrating communion together. We, in reality, uh, celebrating communion on our own, in our own homes, is not complete. Uh, communion is meant to be celebrated together as a body of Christ. I think we're going to be using these, these little packets for quite a while, uh, maybe permanently in the future. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But we've been talking about partnership with God and uh, that we are partners with him in the kingdom work. We only are able to do that because of his body broken for us and his blood shed for us. So I invite you now to take the bread and eat it, remembering that the body of Christ was broken for us. Please take the cup and drinking, remembering that his blood was shed for us for the remission of our sins. If you have children at home who are not taking communion, uh, please take the time to pray the blessing over them. That'll be up on the screen. God bless you. Have a great week.